Hi, Bert. Oh, hi, Ernie. I've been sitting here trying to think of what we could do with this here letter L. Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Billy Joel, he wrote so many songs. Some fast, some slow, and some go on too long. All the hits and hidden gems, even the turds, it ends at Z, not A. With your friends, Elon and Dave. Welcome to another exciting edition of Billy Joel A to Z. As this episode, we tackle the sad letter L. It's been over a month since we began our trip through Billy Joel's songs that begin with the letter L, and we, well, I, am so ready to move on. So, stay tuned for the excitement of another letter wrap-up with rankings, listener feedback, and Dave's new Sesame Street segment on hating the actual letter L. So. Without further ado, <laughs> let me introduce the co-host of the Billy Joel A to Z podcast, who subsequently has two letter L's in his name, so I may hate him too. Elon Altman, everybody. Hello, Elon. Hello, Dave. And I actually, in my head, just had a count if you were correct. There are two L's in my name. You're right. Oh, yeah. I'm right. All right. Now I'm now I'm. You're I'm, like Rain Man. You think about things. I can picture you picturing people's names, like you're putting them all the letters in alphabetical order and be like, oh, four M's. Very interesting. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, that only happened after this bunch of songs which i'm you know which everyone already knows all of our listeners already know are the worst billy joel songs ever written i don't know what it is about the the, the letter l but everyone stinks i could rank my songs as we will do in one second from the l's will go from 121 to 120 to 119 and i wish <laughs> i could all put them at 121 thank you very much Okay, first of all, you're completely wrong. This is a really strong letter. But also, before we talk about the L's, which you hate, I think we should mention for a second a song which we love, which is our brand new theme song that was written by Paul Lauren. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's great. We premiered that in the K's, <laughs> the K's wrap up. Yeah, his song is great. I saw everybody seem to really like it a lot. Thank God. Why wouldn't they? And it is exciting having a a finally having a theme song yeah i mean I, I sing it in my head all the time and uh it's pretty it's pretty cool uh so uh yeah it's kind of fun but we have the he wrote so, so many, many songs, songs. <laughs> some fast some, some slow, slow. <laughs> and some go on too long <laughs> that's right yeah oh and then it goes to that next level all the hits Pretty. and hidden gems even the turds <laughs> Yeah. It ends with Z, not A, with our friends Alon and Dave. Oh, it is so good. It is so much fun. Yeah. Yes. So thank, thank you, Paul. That was awesome. Yes. Thank you, Paul Lauren, for that lovely, lovely theme song. Yes. All right. Now let's rank the songs which you hate. Yes, let's do it. The Dastardly L's. Do you want to go first? Sure. I'll go first. Everybody knows lullabies at the bottom, so we don't have to make a big drum roll about that. Uh, obviously, I mean, this is pretty obvious. I, well, no, I guess it's not. I put long, long time first. Of course, that's an unreleased track. That seems to happen to me a lot. Los, Los Angelinos would be next. I have learned to enjoy that song a lot. I never <laughs> hated that song, but, um, in listening back, I, I'm enjoying that a little bit more. It's not something I would 
play when I say I'd like to hear some Billy Joel, but there it is. And the rest of them are just awful. Uh, Leningrad, I, if I never hear that again, I'm fine. Last of the big time spenders. I'm surprised I put under Leningrad, but that was like a new appreciation of Leningrad. There's some parts of Leningrad that I'm okay with. So last of the big time spenders is next. Laura goes after that. Another song really couldn't care less. I don't hate it, but lullaby I obviously hate. And that is my ranking. Okay. So I, I'm with you on some of the things that you said. Um, but for me, I think this is a strong letter. So all of these are like kind of in the upper half range for me with Billy Joel. I'm so surprised. I don't understand how you can say it's a strong letter, but go on. My top one is Los Angelinos. As you know, I was kind of obsessed with that song. And then I put Laura second because I think it just sounds really cool. It's so strange um, and really catchy. And I don't know, man. It's I love the vibe of that song. I put Lullaby third because I'm with most fans that this is actually a very strong song. Then I do Long, Long Time. I'm with you on that. I think it's a really good unreleased track that is pretty cool. And I wish he had uh, released it at some point. Yeah. Then I go with Leave a Tender Moment Alone. And then last of the big time spenders. No. Oh, I skipped Leave a Tender Moment. Oh, did you skip it altogether? Poor Toots. He gets no respect out of here. Oh, I forgot about that one. So where would that go? Somewhere in the middle, I'm guessing? Or would you put it a little higher up? No, I'd put it at the bottom. (laughs) <laughs> probably it doesn't Laura. matter it's still it's just digging another it really makes no grid. difference i i'm surprised i'm sorry i apologize to everybody that i skipped it i didn't mean to obviously but uh, yeah it's, I, I really just couldn't care less all the, it's so funny you just mentioned another one that i just couldn't care less about okay yeah i mean that's i i get it i get it um but i think when we did that episode we both uh we felt like it was a good song you just don't have uh, just the, all the l's it. are so bad for me that it's it's okay I just I can't believe you say it's a strong letter. These are the worst Billy Joel songs ever written, in my opinion, maybe except really for Los Angelinos uh, has a saving grace to it, which I can make a, a play for. But the other ones are just awful. I mean, it's just weird that one letter is such a stinker. And, you know, I guess I I mean, I just can't believe it, because if we look at the M's and do you know what we have coming up in the M's? I know we have. Yeah. I mean, look, the M's are great. You want to talk about the M's right now? How, Just how for a amazing? second, what you have coming up and then you'll see the difference if you're I mean, OK, if you're a fan like the way most people are who are listening to this, I guess, you know, maybe you like the L's. But let's face it. The M's are the money. Uh, speaking of M's are the money in this Billy Joel, uh, let alone podcast or catalog. The M's are sick. Go ahead. Read off what we have coming up in the M's. All right, so we got Miami 2017. Hello. Hello. Then we got Modern Woman. I okay. All right, we'll, whatever. We'll see. Then, uh, I, I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> say about it yet cuz I uh, uh moving out. Yeah, hello. <laughs> I never heard that one, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and uh, you're doing my song. bit. <laughs> <laughs> my thing is that I've never heard of the biggest hits. <laughs> You've never heard of like the medium-sized songs and I've never it's even heard Steve of Steve Allen stealing my bit. <laughs> <laughs> and finally my life. Well, if that's not the main, if that's not the most different thing where all the L's are this and then the M's are that, like every song in the M's is a hit. I mean, that's unbelievable. So you can see how I'd be looking forward to that. And I'm sorry to everybody that I didn't care for the M, the L's. But again, that's why you got to like this podcast. You know what? We can't just sit here and fawn over everything. That wouldn't be a lot of laughs. You don't have to fawn, but you're going a little bit over the top to say the L's are so weak. These are oh, good songs so here. It's weak. just ridiculous. Weak is the perfect definition. Weak. Weak. 
really weak. And if I saw Billy right now, I'd say, Billy, weak letter. Weak. Letter. This is why he stopped recording because of people like you who are nitpicking little things about songs or letting your own personal feelings ruin your thoughts about a song objectively. You are probably correct. Now, moving on from the rankings of the L's, we haven't gotten together with our listeners since uh, since the uh, what's the letter before K? J. <laughs> J. So we haven't gotten to actually, you know, do a, a, a true wrap up since the J's in the sense that um, which is, of course, there's one K song, so it doesn't matter. But I'm just saying um, we, we didn't get to talk about how we uh, felt about the K's wrap up, which was great, which was, of course, Paul Lauren and Stump Paul and how exciting it was to see everybody and hear from everybody and how amazing Paul was at putting everybody's names into the songs. That was terrific and unexpected, right? Yeah, we had no idea. I mean, we knew he was going to play the songs, but then to like personalize it for everybody, like, man, for the people who tuned into that and got to hear their name in their favorite song, like what a treat. Yeah, that was gr- when he did Rosalind's Eyes. And maybe I just don't. I mean, I obviously I knew it once I heard it, I guess, but I don't know very well. And he put Geraldine's song in, uh, wor- uh, name into the song. I thought that was part of the song. That, that, that <laughs> I was confused that he was putting people's names in. And then he did it. Oh, the, the best one is when he put in Catalina's uh, for only the good die young. And she you could see, I'll play it for you. She was so thrilled. Well, they showed you a statue, charged you to pray. They built you a temple, locked you away. Ah, but they never told you the price that you paid for things that you might have done. Got to lean on only the good die young. <laughs> but who wouldn't be? We were excited when he put our names in <laughs> to one of them. Uh, I think it was, oh, it was the Great Suburban Showdown. He added you and me, and <laughs> I'd never heard that song before. The fact that he even knows those songs, knows the lyrics, knows them so well, he can put the names of our listeners into the songs. I mean, that's why. That's that's something else that you have in your head. That's that's almost being autistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really thought, I thought it was going to be totally different. I thought he was going to really be just like reading the music off and playing it. Uh, I didn't understand that he was truly going for the challenge of just playing it off the top of his head. He was just going. Yeah, that was the fun. But he did one, uh, something called You're My Home, which I had never heard. So you've heard You're My Home. Well, now I have that Paul played it (laughs) and that was great. You said it was your new favorite after he played it. So you liked it right off the bat. And I had never heard Souvenir either. And that was, uh, boy, when he plays it, it's like now I'm like all in. And let alone that was the first time I heard Los Angelinos. So it was just so weird. And I know that's pathetic on me, but it was exciting hearing him play. I guess I wish we had better sound quality. I wish we had a better format that we could have better sound and his voice singing at the same time. And people. Yeah, like I mean, I, I thought the sound sounded pretty good on that. All, all things told, I know we had some technical issues before it started, but we got it going pretty good. And, you know, just to make you feel better about the sound on that episode, I made sure that my sound on the Scott Ackerman interview was especially bad. So you would say, okay, in relation to that, the Paul Lauren one sounds great. No, that's all right. It's another COVID issue. You know, yeah, you I was know, in a, I was in an echoey conference room doing that episode. So well, and apologies. You, were, you were down there longer than you thought you would be because of COVID. So, you know, that's uh, what are you going to do? That's, that's, that's a whole, I mean, listen, all of this, we, all, if all the badness we just discussed is all because of COVID because we would have been live with Paul. If uh, this was the thing, you know, we would have made we could have made it all better if 
there wasn't COVID, we all would have been together. And then yeah, but then without COVID, a lot, so many other things that we've done on this podcast wouldn't have been possible. So there's good and there's bad when it comes to COVID. I'm not sure what the good is, but I see your point. I mean, we've been able to have guests from acra- around the world. We've had listeners join us from England and from Chile. Oh, I, I see what you said. Right. None of that. Right. That's true. Nobody would have heard of Zoom if not for COVID. So I guess in that sense, yes. Yes, you're absolutely right. And uh, also, I hope everybody enjoyed the Scott Ackerman interview. I hope uh, when we do have uh, feedback on that. Yeah, I've got feedback on that one already. Um, I hope people liked it. I mean, I really do, because like I said, we took a chance. You know, we haven't done a two part interview and you would think that doing a Billy Joel podcast that if it was a two part interview, it would be Billy Joel. You know, or Liberty DeVito, you know, but for a two part interview that has nothing to do with Billy Joel in the second part, we just took a chance because we were riveted on what he was saying. Elon and I were. So we took a chance. Hopefully you liked it, too. Yeah, people did like it a lot. Um, Our friend Kata Deval, as you said, Catalina, that's her full name. Yeah, I like calling her that. Okay, Catalina said it was a great episode, has nothing to do with Billy Joel, but still great. And Scott was a lovely and hilarious guest. And uh, because of that episode, we, we got a new listener through Twitter. This this person, Claire Willett, discovered the podcast from that. And she said, there's a Billy Joel song by song podcast. Incredible. Oh, great. There's a lot of caps. That's why I said it that way. She said, call me if you need a Catholic girl to guest on Only the Good Die Young. My <laughs> lifelong theme music for every event. Little does she know that I think Catalina already I, is. I was like just her. I was just <laughs> going to say the same thing. She'd be very upset if we use somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to duke it out. And we did get one person who was a little pissed off on Twitter. This guy, Crockett18, said, Ugh, does this mean that Tuesday is a recap episode or can we finally get to the M's? Um, and then so after that, we let him know our upcoming schedule, which is that uh, Tuesday, when you guys are listening to this, is the recap. And then Thursday is the recap of the recap. And then we do a five-part series on December song. And then in uh, mid-February, we get to the M's. <laughs> it certainly seems like that sometimes. I feel like we haven't gotten to a song in years. But that's the the way it works. And then, of course, there'll be lots of songs that we do, especially when we get to the S's and the T's. There'll be no wrap ups and just music and everything will be fine. But this is the way the podcast works. Yeah. Look, we had some of those letters earlier, like the J. Well, K had only the one song and they, they, we were doing really no, no, uh, no songs at all. A lot of wrap ups, a lot of interviews. The L's, at least we had like these seven or eight songs. Did you listen to any of the non uh, episode songs like the covers that Billy Joel did in the L's. Yes. And I have. Yes, 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 I did. I've heard them all. So the first one we would be talking about is light as the breeze. Yes. The Leonard Cohen written song, which was on an album called the tower of song album. And everybody's on that. Billy Joel's on that album. Don Henley, Bono sting Elton John, Peter Gabriel and Billy Joel. Obviously was asked to do one as well. I did not care for that song. I think it's fine. It's good. It kind of sounds like everybody loves you now because it's gospel-y. Um, Interesting. When I listened to the original Leonard Cohen version, though, I was like, wow, Billy Joel's is way better. Yeah. So when you have that in relation to it, you're like, wow, Billy really made this song great compared to Leonard Cohen's where he just is kind of going through the motions, it seems like. <laughs> well, again, uh, you know, these, these this, that kind of music isn't uh, probably not our cup of tea, but they, I, you know, I just didn't care for it that much, but um it's nice that he was able to do it, and they all appreciate the great Leonard Cohen. Oh, baby, I've waited so long for- 
Live and Let Die rendition is probably the worst rendition I've ever heard in my life of Live and Let Die. And it, it, I would feel he would be embarrassed to talk to Paul McCartney after doing that. Thank you very much, folks. Well, he put it on a Paul McCartney tribute album. Um, it was fine. It didn't, nothing no. was special about it. It was just it's awful. okay. It's awful. It's a, you know, if you're going to let Billy Joe, I know Sammy Hagar's on that album too. It's called The Art of McCartney. He should be doing that number but i think billy joel made a mistake he has another song on that album too i i think it's maybe i'm amazed maybe i'm amazed so maybe we'll get to that in the ems but um this song was not for billy joel and if you look at the documentary of it you can see it seems like he's not even trying it's not his i don't know there's something that's lackluster about it and i was not i was really not happy now he says he uses that song for sound checks all the time uh, because it is an exciting song to play and it is a very strange song, but I didn't like yeah. the rendition and obviously Guns N' Roses do a really good rendition of it. And this one was lackluster for me. Yeah. Now, Billy Joel does like the song. As you said, he, has a, he does it for sound checks and he has performed it live five times, four times in 1979 and once in 2004. So he puts it into the regular concerts sometimes. It might be better live, but this version was not good. And yeah, I feel almost an embarrassment. Just wasn't rocking. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of like that one moment where he starts whistling a little bit. Oh God! I, then I I like whistle. I like whistling in songs. You're out of your mind. Enough. That was the worst. I was like, you got to be kidding me, whistling. Used to say live and let live. Yeah, but Is that Toots? But, did he get Toots Thielman to do it? <laughs> exactly right. Well, if you got Toots to do it, that's different. But no, oh my goodness. All right, let me tell you something, and I we need our listeners' help for this. There's a song. I don't know if you know about this called "Let Your Heart Show You the Way." Do you know about it? I know because you've told me that there's a title named this and we tried to look it up and could not find it. It's impossible to find, but the lyrics are all there everywhere. I can't find the song. The lyrics seem really nice. Have you ever heard? Have you ever had that dream where you're all alone in the dark and so afraid? And then an angel comes to you and says, let your heart show you the way. It just seems nice. And I'd give anything to hear. I don't understand how there can be lyrics online but no indication of the song anywhere. So if anybody finds it, please send it to us. Let your heart show you the way. We're really interested. You know, a lot of times, like I've said, I've found songs that he, you know, put in the Library of Congress that he, I guess, uh, patented. Mm -hmm. But this one actually has lyrics and everything, and I just can't find it. I, it's got to it's got to exist somewhere. How did people find the lyrics? Yeah, and if the lyrics exist, then maybe also like the actual written music exists and maybe someone could play a cover for us and so we could hear what it sounds like. Well, that's interesting. 
you know, maybe I'll check that out and you know, we'll give it to Paul. Now yeah. that's a good, that's a good plan. Perfect. We'll do that. It's like Jurassic Park. You know, they find the DNA and then they give you live dinosaurs. Exactly. It's just like that. We can get our own Dilophosaurus. Sweet. <laughs> That's the one that kills Newman, you know. <laughs> yeah, with the frilly things and the spit. It's my favorite. Poor dinosaur. Newman. <laughs> hey, he had it coming. He, he was, was a, disgruntled. He wasn't getting paid enough. He was working hard. He was being like his character, Newman. <laughs> Here's the real problem. This is a, a multi-billion dollar, amazing theme park with all this money put into it. And for the two guys who work there, Newman and Samuel Jackson, they have to pay for the vending machines. <laughs> that happens they, on a lot of jobs and it's really annoying. Give him a nice little free snack bar area. Come on. No, you can't because then it shows you why Newman is disgruntled. Like you said, very important part of the plot. And Spielberg knows what he's doing. No, I know. But I'm saying that's <laughs> short-sighted by John Hammond, the, the billionaire who, uh, who ran Jurassic Park. Richard Attenborough. Yeah, I'm saying his. I, I like to go by the regular. You were going all regular. I know. I, I mixed things up went, like that. Come on. All right. Man. So uh, Nedry uh, <laughs> is disgruntled because Mr. Hammond won't give him uh, some free potato chips. Are you talking about the Hammond B3 keyboard? Yes, I am. I figured you might be. That's where uh, he earned all his money and then decided to put it all into dinosaurs. Uh, let's just talk one uh a little just a bit more about some of the L songs that I had some notes on as I was going through them and saved them for this, you know, the wrap up that maybe we okay. need to say on the show. Uh, there's a version of leave a tender moment alone sung by Reeve Carney. Now Reeve Carney, I knew that name instantly originated the role of Spider-Man in Spider-Man turn off the dark, which was a Broadway musical, which is now considered probably one of the greatest flops on Broadway of all time, uh, even though the songs were all written by you two, I think, and, and directed by the great Julie Tamer, who is a kind of a legendary Broadway director and kind of a free spirit thinker. And, and it's, it's just, you know, how could this go wrong? <laughs> Brand new songs by you two, but I've always said, on multiple uh, Just Get Out of the City podcasts late, be, previously that I think you two just didn't care. I, they clearly didn't put their best foot forward on this. They're like, eh, we'll just do this. And it's not their best effort. This happens to a lot of Broadway people that do this kind of stuff. Billy Joel didn't care. He just put his catalog into it, you know, like it. So uh, what, what, what's Yeah, that? he wasn't writing new stuff for, uh, right. what's for that moving out. Moving out, right. So that stinks. Uh, Paul Simon did The Caveman and that stunk. You know, he tried. The yeah, caveman? So like, I think that's what it was called. No, yeah. it was like the ca cape man, I think. Oh, right? maybe you're right. Right, right. Maybe probably about the uh, <laughs> cape. Uh, you're watching it like, what? where are the togas? Where's the, where's the man? Right, right. You're, I'm thinking of defending the caveman and then the cape man. You're right. It was something like that. So there's another Broadway show. Um, so I'm mixing them up. But a lot of these artists who should have been coming out and writing Broadway ones uh, just didn't work it out. The guy from the Talking Heads has one out now that's supposed to be very good, which I'm kind of looking forward to. Uh, Sting, yeah, you can watch it on HBO, actually, like a live uh, version of it. Sting, The Last Ship, horrible. So I'm just saying there's just a so the Spider-Man, I mean, you too, and it stinks. Anyway, but it this, bombed because of technical issues, I thought, right? Like people, the Spider-Man guy like fell off the sky. Oh, and but it wasn't just and, that. The music wasn't good either. I mean, even if there's technical issues, people would flock to see that. You want to see Spider-Man fall. 
every night. I mean, that's <laughs> the people would go to that, but the, the, the show wasn't good. The music wasn't good. It wasn't working. So anyway, this kid, Reeve Carney, got the part of Spider-Man and he kept getting injured like every day. So he was barely in it. But he does a version of Leave a Tender Moment Alone at this club right on 42nd and 10th Avenue. I think it's called the Green Room, which is weird because he also, uh, you know, had to take on the Green Goblin. But anyway, <laughs> I I've uh, performed there. Oh, you have? Yeah. It's like in the upstairs of a crappy hotel. Yotel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, in this one, he forgets the goddamn lyrics. I know the moon is I mean, what a tool this kid is, Reeve Carney. What a stupid. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's actually a pretty good version. No, it's not. He forgets the lyrics. He's an idiot. I mean, it, was, it, it really is. Uh, first, his name is stupid, Reeve Carney. Who's that? But I always remember him because he was Spider Man. And he's one of those guys, like um, the guy that does Christmas from Fallujah or Christmas in Fallujah, where, you know, he, he, we should have heard of him and he's still trying to remain relevant, but it ain't working. Sorry, Reeve. You just got just gowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish this was a video podcast because we'd put just out with a big explanation point. Hey, after it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> now with the song Leningrad, I was talking about the Gregorian chant and I said it was an instrumental. I was incorrect. They do sing it. I was completely oh. wrong. Yes, they uh, I played the instrumental part, but they do actually sing the entire song. When Krusty was a client, what I can remember that guy was a victor. (laughs) Yeah, it's really weird to hear the Gregorian chant singers sing the song Leningrad. So that was extra creepy. Um, Um, And by the way, speaking of Leningrad, uh, Victor, the actual Victor Razanoff actually reached out to us um, on Instagram because the the image that we used on our Instagram post, which was Billy Joel playing one of the Russia concerts. He wrote to us and said on the right side of that picture is my brother, Vyacheslav and <laughs> I'm next good. to him but only my head sticks out and then we chatted a little bit and I was like hey you should come on the podcast and he was like no he said everything is said in the movie I guess he means the documentary so he turned us down but uh he does subscribe so thank you Victor the Russian clown yes but it is an embarrassment that he turned us down I don't know how to he's got uh, better stuff going on jugglers weekly oh right <laughs> jugglers <laughs> weekly that's I've, I've been subscribing to that magazine since 1967 yeah uh, but it's actually only 50 episodes. They have a, a, a couple of uh, double, I mean, 50 issues. They do a couple of double issues. So it's not really weekly. Technically. I, know, I hate that. That's what happened yeah. with me with highlights magazine when they started repeating goofus and gallant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love highlights. Me too. <laughs> I have to go to the dentist. That just reminded me. Uh, Alon, I, when I got older, I started getting a, a subscription to highlights magazine. So 
the things wouldn't be already colored in, like finding the pictures so I could do it on my own <laughs> to get that out of your system. You want a fresh highlights because always at the dentist's office, everything was already done. It was so annoying. Whose kids thinks that's OK to just take a magazine that's at a dentist's office and just start coloring stuff in? Yeah, what are they bringing their own crayons? That's unbelievable. They have bad parents. That's what it is. Now, the the, uh, the long, long time band. <laughs> Remember when we were talking about a long, long time and they formed the band yeah. and, you know, played all the songs from that WMMR concert. They mentioned that this guy flew in from Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Canada on his own dime. That's what they say. The guy who comes in. And I just thought it was funny that he flew in from Winnipeg, Canada to butcher falling of the rain. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think is funny. <laughs> we're like, thank you so much. So to the band, long, long time. You just been just out. You've been just out. <laughs> That's right. Now, those guys, I'm pretty sure we could get on the show. I will say that, yes, everybody knows I hate the song Lullaby. But when it is in that alternative river of dreams, it's fantastic. That little section when it's in that alternative river of dreams that's on the my lives thing. Mm-hmm. I really then I like it. Okay, we'll take that. That's that's good. Dave's coming around on the song, everybody. Yeah, well, that just all made sense. I guess, you know, just it sounded so good in the River of Dreams that he goes into this new melody and then it sounds good. I really liked it. I enjoyed it when I heard it back. So, yeah, I think for you, it's the it's the lyrics that you don't like of the song. I feel like it's not the song itself. It's it's a little bit of both. But when those those couple of chords are in River of Dreams, it it works as a little bit more epic. And power ballady, which as for everybody knows, I like. Whereas when it goes into the song with the lyrics, yes, it, then it all falls. Yeah, and it, and it makes it kind of a sweet, which means you know maybe he was inspired by a day in the life. Oh God, shut it's up! Like Did every you do that other on song. purpose. <laughs> well, it's every song. Now I hate a day in the life. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we get it. You like a day in the life. He he has no other. I think Billy's just like me, and he's heard no other Beatles songs. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I've never heard of uh, Strawberry Fields. What is that? Is that good? Or <laughs> yeah, he is you about the Beatles. <laughs> he claims they're his favorite, and he knows four songs. That would be awesome if that was the case. You know, if I can be honest with you, just go. Uh, I never heard any of the Beatles songs except a day in the life. Yeah, we know you heard a day in the life. That would be my response. So hang out with Billy Joel. He's like telling me this unbelievable story. I'd be like, we get that you know a day in the life. You didn't have to tell me that now. Yeah, we, we get him on the podcast one day. I'm like, so what was your inspiration? He starts going on about a day in the life. And we're just like, mute. And then you just get just out. You've been just out. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alon, uh, I know we talked about some listener comments from uh, the Scott Ackerman interview. And, of course, I would like to hear more if you had any of that, because, uh, again, I thought it was great. But uh, what about some of the other songs? I'm sure. Uh, I am lambasted in some of the comments over lullaby, but uh, what else? Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, I'll go through alphabetically. The first really? one, <laughs> last, last of the big time spenders, Catalina and Italian Stallion Al both said uh, that CCR is great, even if they sound the same frequently, because we had mentioned in that that it sounded like a CCR song, I think. Yep, I'm with I don't one. remember. This was weeks ago. This was uh, oh, this was that parody that we had Sarah sing. My wife, remember, she came in and, and sang it without knowing what the song sounded like. Of course I do. And uh, Catalina said, great parody, but Alon's wife did it better. I agree. <laughs> I'm with you 100 percent. 
Uh, okay, so let's move on to Laura. The song Laura, BU2 Believe, said this is one of the greatest post Sgt. Pepper Beatles songs that was not written by the Beatles. I agree. I feel like this could fit right into that catalog. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. It makes sense. In this episode, we had mentioned this concert in Florida in 2006 where Billy Joel played Laura for the first time and then also played like a ton of other rarities. And Italian Stallion Al realized that he was actually at that concert. Wow. And he thinks he has some photos. He's going to look for them for us. Oh, that'd be great. That's exciting. Boy, you get to go to a concert where they play Laura and other rarities. That's good. We all, we all dream of that. I don't think it'll ever happen at an MSG concert. You know, that's the thing. We should probably go somewhere else. Right. It's got to be like the first show of a new tour where he that's usually where he like tries to see what he wants to do on that tour. But now that yeah. he's not really touring, touring, it's right. It's just different. Yeah. And he canceled his concert this past January. Right. Yeah. Postponed again uh, for COVID reasons. So really? hopefully, hopefully mess. things will get back on track soon. Let's see. M47714 said he calls Laura Laura in the sky with diamonds. Oh, that's good. That's a good name. Many people were surprised that this song was about Billy Joel's mom. So you were not alone with that. Oh, good. And Matt the Great said, uh, this is a weird but wonderful standout. And he actually wrote additional lyrics to my tuna salad parody. <laughs> Should I sing his lyrics or? Please. Tuna salad. <laughs> it's my favorite lunch. <laughs> uh, that was a good one, Alon. Here I am feeling like a tuna roll. Do I regret not putting extra dressing in the bowl? Every time I try to take a bite, it's pretty bland as whole. I'm a sardine feeling like a can that's fallen down and is three months old. Tuna salad, <laughs> etc. Well, he said tuna roll. He changed it to tuna roll. He yeah. ruined the whole song. <laughs> so, yeah, that I mean, that, tuna roll doesn't have really dressing or anything, but I see where he's going with it. And I enjoyed it. It was a it was a good attempt. We liked having those extra lyrics. We almost have a full song now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let Paul Lauren know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's move on to leave a tender moment alone. Catalina did not like leave a tip when you get a scone. Nobody liked that one, Alon. I told you the scones, they're not happening. We, we had a lot of scone scorn. Yeah. Scone scorn. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, yeah. everyone. Thank you so much. Yeah. Matt Salacuse said scones again. <laughs> And Greg Bath said a second scone parody would have worked better with I don't want to be a scone. Oh, my God. He's right. So you all dodged a bullet with that one because I did not think of that. Damn it. That was that would have been good. Um, I, don't, you know, I don't even do. Do we even know anybody that gets scones? I don't even know anybody that eats them. I mean, I'd like to get them. I don't know where you find them. It's an English thing. It's, it's a British thing. So we have to ask our listeners. Uh, we have Steve Hickman in the UK and also uh, Geraldine's Geraldine. in the UK yeah. and, and many others. <laughs> don't worry, I folks. Did, we have a huge listener base. It doesn't seem like they're easy to find here. This uh, Actually, this Irish girl gave, brought one to my house one day. She goes, Dave, I'm going to bring you the best scone you've ever had. And I'm like, well, that'll be fine because I've never had one. So I'm sure yeah, it's be the delicious. best and the worst. Yes. Well, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm last season. Remember, there was the whole uh, I do. With, too dry, too dry. Yeah, at Mocha Joe's, he had scones that were too dry. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK, so let's move on to Leningrad. BU2 Believe said they never appreciated this song until high school, but they think it's one of the most beautiful songs Billy Joel ever made. <sighs> Catalina said this episode has no business being as funny as it is. This is not a funny song, but she is happy that Dave does not like the movie Life is Beautiful. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, Catalina. Catalina and I, we actually, I think we like the same movies. It's weird. 
you know, to, I mean, you just don't expect some uh, Jew from New York being in complete sync movie wise with, uh, you know, a woman from Chile. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she finally just watched Clueless the other day. And that was going to be the catalyst, the Catalinaist, as they call it <laughs> in Chile, where if she didn't like that one, we couldn't be friends anymore. But she did. Thank God she loved it. So, OK, Whew. good. So, that Catalina, was, we, we still have you here. Everybody knows that's my favorite movie. Yes. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. <laughs> we know you're not. I know. So uh, next song is Los Angelinos. Los Lowly... Angelinos. All come from somewhere. Porch fast. Woo. <laughs> That's what I take out of Los. That's what I'll never forget. Now, when I hear Los Angelinos, I'm going to hear it at a, a bar and I'm going to be like, hey, do you guys ever hear a porch fest? And they'll be like, what are you talking about? He's got him, cut him off. <laughs> well, uh, let's see what do we have on this song. Morley Scott, our listener, Morley Scott said that the parody was top shelf. That was O'Brangelina. Yeah, that was a good one. Gaston Spidey said he'd love to hear this song live more often. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm up with that. Steve J. Johnson on Twitter said he used to live in L.A. and he loves this song. And the idea of going nowhere on the streets with the Spanish names was literally his life for a decade. Yep. Steve Hickman from the U.K. said this is a great episode, as fascinating and fun as ever. He said in the U.K., we don't have electric babies or chocolate babies, <laughs> but we do have jelly babies. Ooh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to try them. Maybe it's jelly it sounds like one of those gross British desserts. Sounds delicious. It's like it's made from the brains of a sheep. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. And then we'll go to Lullaby, which is obviously a controversial one. Uh, many people said they loved the song. Fleary said it's one of my favorites. So beautiful. Gaston Spidey said this song is honestly amazing. I get emotional every time I hear it. Autumn B. Melody said, I would say I didn't like Dave's analysis of Lullaby because I love the song. But honestly, I'm kind of afraid to say that. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, no, you're scaring I, I them, it. Dave. <laughs> I know. Listen, I know, folks. I know. I I knew it was going to be bad for me when I said my dislike of this song, let alone. I mean, the comedy of the fact that our guest, Scott Ackerman, that's his favorite song. I mean, that was just a fluke, you know, that yeah. we found out. And then I was like, you know, uh, can you come on tomorrow <laughs> as our guest like right <laughs> away? I mean, what are the odds of that? Also, it's the same situation as Gary Goldman telling us that his favorite song was Goodnight Saigon. And then we had him on for the G's. I mean, it's just it's funny how these things are working out. But I guess, of course, it just so happens I'm mentioning them to the people because we're talking about them at that time. And then we find out. But whatever the case may be, I knew it was going to be bad. I knew people liked that song. And I still for the life of me can't figure out why. I apologize to everybody, but I promise things will get better in the M's where we'll all agree that Billy Joel is great again. I promise. <laughs> but by the way, not everyone uh, loved Lullaby. You weren't alone. Uh, oh. Marla4924 actually agreed with you. She said she listened to three quarters of the song, found it absolutely gut-wrenching and hated it. She said, I don't want to listen to a song bawling my eyes out, thinking about my parent or child. Yep, I'm with you. I love you. Are you seeing anybody? <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> and then after that, someone named Cindy Wolf said, hey, people, keep your hateful reviews to yourself. <laughs> so people didn't even like other people saying they didn't like the song that's how much people love this one it's just me and marla yeah just you and marla i'll take it oh and then philip boone on twitter said that moment when you hear lullaby ripped to shreds by billy joel a to z and then he posted a, <laughs> a, a funny gif oh again i apologize gotta be honest though otherwise you know what are we doing here gotta be honest 
Yeah, and, and well, it's true. And that's what uh, Morley Scott pointed out. This is the last one I'll say. He said, for a Billy Joel fan doing a Billy Joel podcast, Dave Shore hates a lot about Billy Joel. Yep. Well, like I said, hey, you know, the, the, there's lots of musicians who you just some of the songs are just not for you. And it's just better to be honest, because then the ones I love and I think they really are all coming up in the M's. Then you'll see the, the turn and why we are doing this podcast. I'm so excited for Miami 2017. I can't stand it. Oh, me too. Gosh, what a great song. It's so it's such a great way to kick off a new letter. And, you know, it's good. It's going to be good to see a letter now. Apparently, Dave keeps saying it that he where he loves all of the songs. So we're just going to have happy Dave, Billy Joel fan Dave for the next like five or so episodes. What's wrong with that? So we're very excited to start the M's. The first song we have coming up is a biggie. We've got Miami 2017. Exciting. After that, we have Modern Woman. Oh, love it. Then Moving Out. Oh, awesome. I can't take it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. What a great one. Then something called My Journey's End. Oh, that'll... What the hell? Go on. (laughs) It's the first song Billy Joel ever wrote. Okay. Pretty cool. Uh And uh, then there's something called My Life. Never heard of it. But uh, boy, the M's sound crappy now that you've said it. But don't worry, there's something that saves the M's, the most amazing song of all time, the motorcycle song. Oh my God, that's gonna be so awesome. Motorcycle song. It's gonna replace this ever song. (laughs) And that all starts next time on Billy Joel, A to Z. So now you've heard what they thought of that song. Famous last words This podcast ran too long Stories, jokes, your hosts were full of silly anecdotes And so it goes Another show about Billy Joe